And it's now the top of the hour, and so I want to welcome everyone to The Pit Stop. It's your fortnightly midweek rest area to refuel your drive. I'm Karen Cummins. I'm an audiobook narrator and the chief cartographer for narratorsroadmap.com, and I'm your host for Pit Stop. And with me in the co-pilot seat is my good friend and award-winning audiobook narrator, Ann Flosnick, who hosts the Narrator Uplift Show here on Clubhouse. How are you this afternoon, Ann? Great. So happy to be here with you, Sarah. Well, I'm happy you're here, too. Audiobook narrators who do more than narrate pull into the pit stop, and they're sure to inspire you to follow your interest and use all of your talents and gifts. So the conversation is being recorded. You'll be able to re-listen or catch parts you missed. And I want to invite everyone to feel free to comment in the chat and raise your hand in the app if you want to be part of the conversation. So thanks so much for joining us. I am super excited to welcome our guest, Sarah Puckett, to the pit stop. Sarah is an award-winning audiobook narrator of over 300 titles and owner of the production and publishing company Pink Flamingo Productions. She started her career on ACX, and although she does work with publishers, she has built her career through finding her own work with indie authors. Sarah lives in central Illinois and spends any time she isn't working with her family. So welcome to the Pit Stop, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm just really excited to talk with you. Our paths have crossed several times, but it's been a while since I've gotten to actually have a conversation with you. And I don't think I, when we talked before, I don't, I wasn't aware then how you got into audiobooks. I heard you tell Rich Miller on the audiobook speakeasy that you have a degree in health information technology i mean so tell me about that what were you what were you doing and how did you make the transition to audiobooks um so i used to i used to code infusions and injections and it's just coding is kind of it's not mindless you you have to really know what you're doing but for me after you know nine years it was just i've seen it all basically Mm -hmm. um so i would listen to audiobooks and while i was working and I was listening to this one book and I wish I had the name of it. Um, And it was narrated by Amy McFadden. And I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, these narrators are amazing. And I looked at the narrators and I was, it was just Amy. And I was like, what? And I just started researching. (laughs) One person. (laughs) Yeah. How do they do this? And so I started researching and then I thought, well, I'll just give it a go. And (laughs) That's kind of how it came about. So you hadn't been, like a lot of people tell me, or I've read, you know, they had some background in theater, or they were always setting up little plays when they were a child. This was not you. That was not me. No, I have no, I think maybe I did a play in junior high, (laughs) but no, (laughs) nothing else. (laughs) So you, you were listening and you thought, I'd like to do that. So what did you do at that point? You Well, I jumped right into it. I mean, I did I did like um I did a lot of research and I did uh figure out how to do it and and on ACX and everything like that. Um but I really kind of jumped right into it and very very quickly I realized I sound nothing like <laughs> these great narrators so at that point I started you know getting a a lot of coaching and I I coached with Joel Frumkin for a bit and then I coached with um, Jamie Matler for about two years 
So I, mm. I, because I didn't have that performance background, I really had to learn how to perform. Yeah, I've, I've had the same issue myself because I, I wasn't any kind of drama kid or theater kid. Um, and I think you had some. No, no, I, I, I don't know, because I started 20-something years ago and there wasn't anybody. So, you, you know, I just did it. <laughs> Made it up as I went along. And then later on when there were coaches, yes, I, I, I got coaching. But that's, I don't know, 10, 15, however many years into my career. So that's interesting wow. that all of us have come from other areas into yeah. audiobooks. Well, Sarah, your work has really just blown up. I mean, mm-hmm. you've done 300 books, and you've not been at it all that long. And, and so I'm <laughs> <laughs> to see your meteoric rise in audiobooks. And so how did this happen that you started doing a production company on top of narrating? Well, when I first started and probably about two years in, when I really started getting kind of a lot of work, um, that's kind of when dual narration started taking off. And so I had a lot of authors who were requesting dual narration and some authors who would come to me with a book with dual points of view. And I would say, this would really sound better with a male. So then I would have to go out onto our narrator groups and kind of audition for male narrators. And at that point, I was acting as the producer. I was handling the post. Um, I'm also an editor, so I was doing all the editing. And I was doing the auditioning and, you know, coordinating with the narrator and everything. And, And I just thought it just kept getting more and more and more. And I just kind of at one point thought, why am I, I, I really should just have this as a service um, and then be able to offer it to other narrators as well for authors who are just looking to have their books produced who don't know, you know, what to do. I had a lot of authors reach out just completely clueless about the process. So that's kind of why I started Pink Flamingo. It, uh, it, and, and, and also, you know, we had, we started right off the bat with the marketing and one of the reason for that was because I was friends with um, the owners of Audiobook Obsession who did audiobook marketing. And there really weren't that many options for marketing an audiobook. So we kind of just decided to, to add it together and, and, and add this, have this as a service for authors. And were you, and maybe still are, hunting down authors or were they hunting you down? It's a bit of both. <laughs> we we absolutely go um and hunt down authors uh, we have maybe to, you know we <laughs> <laughs> well i don't know i mean we <laughs> we have to find clients so we, yeah, that's a we, that's a kinder gentler way to think of it <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> but so you're you're contacting them but they're also contacting you and i guess Many of them, once you've worked for them, are probably referring you to their author friends. Yeah, a lot of our work has come from author referrals. Uh, We get a ton of emails just where they heard about us from this author that they are friends with and and things like that. So that's really been helpful. And the majority of, of our work has come from that, which has been nice. Did you... I know you said you were getting more and more requests for dual narrations, and I 
think I saw that you're doing a lot more duet narrations now. That Yes. Did you kind of resist it for a while? Like, I really don't want to be a production company owner. I really just want to narrate. Or What was your thought process on this? Uh. <sighs> I I I didn't I didn't think of it in that way. For me, the the only hesitancy I had with starting Pink Flamingo was really just imposter syndrome. Am I good enough to do this? Am I you know who am I in this community? Like I'm just Sarah Puckett. Um, why do I think I can start a, a whole company? And uh, <laughs> but oh, as soon as I started it, I kind of just said, okay, let's just give it a go, see how it goes. And as soon as I started it and I opened up our roster, oh gosh, we just had so many narrators who wanted to work with us. Mm -hmm. And that really helped kind of um, tuck those those imposter syndrome feelings away and allow me to, to, you know, focus on the work and getting work. But as far as duet, oh my gosh, yeah. Uh, We do so many of those now. (laughs) How did you found this company, though, Sarah? I mean, did you talk with anybody? Because there's a there's a world apart from what you were doing before to even then doing the performance thing and then now having a business in it. And then the way you said that you did editing, just so casually. I mean, where did you learn and who did you reach out to? Um, well, for editing, I learned that from Don Barnes. He is amazing. And I learned oh, yeah. that very <laughs> Yeah, I learned that very, very early on in my career, Um, probably within the first year, I hired him to teach me all of that, um, just so that I could try to keep the costs down on my side when I was first starting, because I did a lot of royalty share in the beginning. Um, But when I started Pink Flamingo, I did consult with a business advisor a little bit, but the majority of it has really just been trial and error. And there's been a lot of error <laughs> and learning. <laughs> and when you say a business advisor, because it's always these things that, you know, in our journey, we kind of leap over that. But this is where for somebody that might have another, you know, a similar idea, where do you mm-hmm. even find a business advisor? In the yellow pages? <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Um, Yeah, basically, I just looked on Google to try to find somebody in my area that I could speak to. And they they, um, fortunately have a a program. I cannot remember the name of it. SCORE, maybe? SCORE, yeah, with the the Small Business Association has retired executives. Yeah, I'm actually almost certain you, Karen, actually turned me on to that. Oh. Oh, Wow. Because I actually talked to Karen also right when I first started about... Um, publishing, so. Oh, you see, you're doing all the right things, Sarah. No wonder you're so good. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I remember well, we we lot. we talked a few years ago, and and yeah, you were. I think you were either had just started or were thinking of starting Pink Flamingo, and um, and I know you were thinking even then of distribution, and we're going to get to that because obviously yeah. you've done more than think about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, <laughs> It, you know, it's really, like I say, just been exciting to watch you take off. And while I've known of SCORE, I don't know exactly how they guide you. So did they, did you meet more than once with this person or did they just give you the big aha on the first session? Um, 
I met with him. I met with him twice, and I really should have met with him way more than that. But I got so busy, um, and just time got away with way from me. Um, I I really because I don't have a business background either. Um, I there's a lot of things even now that I just don't know, and so there were a lot. Of, I just had a lot of questions about. Is there a better way I can do this? Is an LLC the right way to go? Am I, you know, things like that. And he was very, very helpful. He would have been way more helpful had I actually uh, spent more time with him, which I should have done. But <laughs> Well, I mean, you, you can't say I should have because clearly what you've been doing has been working for you. Yes, yes. I mean, it's just, there's so many times during my days where I'm just thinking, gosh, I wish I just knew more, you know, more in-depth detail about certain things, uh, certain aspects of business. So there's some things I still need to know. (laughs) Well, the thing is, though, you know, when we get things all figured out, then the rules change and there's something new to learn. Oh, gosh, yes. (laughs) And I wonder how you divide your time between actually narrating and then running this booming business. Yeah. So before I started, and that goes back to the 300 titles I've done in in nine years or whatever, eight years. And um, before I started Pink Flamingo, I was recording uh, so much. I mean, so I can't even remember how much. So I still was kind of on that trajectory with recording when I started Pink Flamingo and for the first year. And so this last year, I, I really kind of slowed down and and started um, not taking on as many projects. But I do still try to work, record about an hour or two a day. Um, and then the rest of my day is just PFP <laughs> stuff. And I've always been curious about the name. How did you decided on Pink Flamingo? Oh gosh. <laughs> um, so I don't like maybe the year before I opened it. I took I had business photos done, and I am a very I wear a lot of black and gray, and um, and I thought okay, I'll just put some color in there. So I grabbed this flamingo skirt off of Amazon. And I had pictures in them. And then all of a sudden, I start getting flamingos sent to my house from everybody because <laughs> they think I'm obsessed with flamingos. <laughs> a collection is born. I, I should have told you that, that in your honor, I am actually wearing a shirt that's got flamingos on it as we speak. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew I would be flocking around with the uh, head of the flock. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, yes. So I so when I when I opened it, my husband was like, "You just need to be Pink Flamingo Productions," and I was like, "Okay, <laughs> I guess that's it." Because I've already made the brand, you know, with myself with with flamingos, so people associated that with me. So it just kind of made sense. <laughs> Are they still sending you things? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I love it. It's so thoughtful. But I do have a lot of flamingos now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because now, I mean, it's like, how would people even know what you've got? You probably got them in every room. (laughs) I have a couple of flamingos sitting in the booth with me, those little beanie babies. Oh, yeah. So I have those, and I have a 
couple other. I mean, who doesn't like a flamingo? Yeah, you know, they're just so much fun, and uh, they make me think of being at the beach and being and relaxed, being relaxed. Which, you know, if I'm in the booth, I definitely want to be relaxed. Right. Well, you're doing all these things, and I'm wondering, are you doing all this yourself? Because then when you said you were doing editing, I'm like, good Lord, girl. I mean, how do you have time <laughs> to even sleep or eat? I don't know. Have you, <laughs> have you, until I know you said you, you were working with marketing, but have you gotten somebody to help you personally, like an assistant? Yes, I actually, I just did that. I mean, obviously, when you start a business of any kind, whether that's as a narrator or as a production company, um, you're really, you're really going to be working it uh, pretty heavily until it's off the ground. And so that's what I expected. I expected that I would have to give this pretty much my all. But as I, as I get older, I want to give other things less of my all and just Mm. spend time with my family and, and be present um, my kids are growing up, you know, my, my youngest is in high school. So, um, so this last January, I, I finally got an assistant who is so helpful. She does a lot of my emails. She handles, you know, things that I don't need to necessarily have a say in that she can handle, um, just so much. You mean that January, two months ago, you just got yeah. in the... <laughs> <laughs> wow it's very it's very hard to give up control um and and i do have a, a partner Kristen. she she is she takes on half of the stuff as well so but this last year we really um had more than twice as much work um so we we more than doubled our workload so we kind of were um scrambling to try to uh, figure out how to get everything done. And, and so it's been, we have a really good team behind us. We have a team of producers that, that work on the projects and, and I trust them to handle things. So there's, there's other people helping other than just me. And how did you find your virtual assistant? If she is virtual. Yeah, she is. Um, she is actually one of our proofers. And so I, uh, when I put out a call that I was looking for an assistant, she uh, she put in an application and, and I was said, yeah, let's do this because she already know, knew the business. She already knew kind of um, what we were doing and at least certain aspects of it. So it was kind of a nice uh, transition. Oh, yeah. Well, and somebody you already knew their work and had confidence in them and Yes. And not having to train them on your process would be a big bonus. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and trust. Oh, that's, yeah. Because that that was the thing that always worried me. And I, I did have an assistant for about three days until she ghosted me. And, you know, I was always worried that somebody would take my contacts and, you know, t- try to set themselves up and contact people and say, oh, Karen sent me or or just not even mention my name and just try to poach things. And so we have to really underline that trust being such a huge issue in that decision. And I have very solid contracts in place for that scenario. (laughs) That makes me curious. (laughs) 
what do they say? Well, just, you know, I mean, I don't want you to spill your total secrets, but right, right. It's just, there's, you know, there's like a loyalty part of it. Um, uh, you know, information about, uh, non-disclosures and, and things like that. It's just, it's a lot, it is a lot of trust, mm-hmm. but we do have, we do have contracts in place for all of our people as well. We're, we're very, we didn't always, <laughs> but we're getting to the point now where, you know, there's only so many times you can be screwed over before you put something in place. <laughs> well, and I saw you just celebrated your third anniversary for Pink Flamingo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think just a couple of weeks ago, wasn't it? Yes. Yep. Uh, beginning of March, March 8th, I think. I mean, that's just fantastic. And, yeah. And I wanted to talk to you about the Allure Conference because I knew you and Dakota Willink had and probably others had planned it for two years. Mm-hmm. And uh, I haven't seen a whole lot about it, but I thought that was such a huge thing to take on on top of everything else you were already doing is to plan an actual physical conference somewhere. Oh, my gosh. It was. So when we st- <laughs> when we decided to do this was prior to Pink Flamingo starting um, publishing, and we had we had grown, of course, but it was right in 20. It was like June or something of 2020. So it was only a couple months after we opened. So it was still I was still in the mind frame of this isn't really going to be that big. And I can handle putting on this conference. And oh, my gosh, it was it was a nightmare. I mean, it was wonderful, but it was a lot of work. Yeah, there's so much going on with that. Excuse yeah. me. <clears throat> Sorry, I, and I think you had it in Chicago, and I know you're in Illinois, but you're you're not in Chicago, right? So, right. I guess you had to go to the hotel and meetings there, and yeah, multiple times we had to drive up, and it, it's about three hours from me, so it's not too bad. But it was it was a lot of work. It was very satisfying. It was rewarding. I loved it. It it turned out amazing. But it was, and we decided not to do it again. <laughs> oh, that was my next question. Yeah. It, for those who don't know, it was a, it was all audiobook narrators, and and were they all romance, Sarah? Was it? They were. And and it was so it was them and fans and and was it a one day or two day or how long did it last? Uh, I, I believe it was three days. Wow. It was yeah. It was a lot. It was a lot of, of stuff happening. There were um, sessions, there was uh, parties, um, and then of course the signing. It was there was just it was a lot. <laughs> it was great though. But once and done, it was so yeah, great. Yeah. We don't want to do it again. <laughs> yep. I mean, we we're looking at virtual stuff now. Just just things that are easier to manage. Well, and what a great segue because you're doing a virtual conference for narrators in two weeks, right? Yes, I'm so excited about it. I am too because I signed up. Yeah, yes, me too. Yep. <laughs> so, how did that come about? Well, we well basically we just wanted to continue to educate. We that's one of that was one of my big things with starting. Um, Pink Flamingo is educating not only narrators but also authors and so we wanted to 
continue to offer that in some way. Um, uh, but you know, not, not in person and the virtual thing just seemed like the best way to go. And it really has been, it's, it's been so much less stress. So. Yeah. You have a really great lineup of speakers and topics and it, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait. I'm not going to APAC this year. And, um, so this is going to give me the same kind of vibe without getting on a plane to go there and, you know, being yeah. with narrator colleagues and learning yeah, that's, more things. We, with, with APAC last year, um, being on, being virtual, I just really wanted to do something again where narrators could attend that are unable to go to APAC because I'm, we're, well, I'm not going either. So. And Anne, you're not going, are you? No, 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 not this time. First time, yeah. I don't know how many years. And yeah, it seems like there are a number of us who, for whatever reason, won't be in New York at the end of the month. Yeah. So it's perfect timing, Sarah. Yeah, well, I yeah, I wanted to make sure it was like a couple days after APAC, but at the mm -hmm. same time, so everybody feels like they're kind of getting that little boost, you know, you, you just need that boost and, and conferences can do, do that and help and kind of help you get out of the winter rut and feel more energized and ready for, you know, your career. Absolutely. And it was incredibly affordable. Yeah. I, mean, I, I actually was a bit shocked that you priced it the way you did because it's a lot of content and a lot yeah. of people sharing their expertise and experience and you know talk about bang for the buck for the narrator it's yeah really astonishing and wonderful i mean i i totally commend you for that but i was thinking i don't think they're going to make a lot that how can they make the money on this because <laughs> you know there's so many people on the agenda well basically i wanted it to cover the what we're going to pay the the coaches who are going to be attending and, and mm -hmm. doing sessions and then also um just my time and it does it did we we had a ton of people sign up you know the next time we might bump it up a little bit but i do want to keep it affordable for the narrators i i think that's a terrific thing i i've had people cancel from narrators roadmap and tell me that they hated to cancel but money was a little tight or, you know, it was a total yeah. financial decision. And so I admire and applaud you for having that stance and thinking of the narrator community and making it affordable and accessible for yeah. a lot more people. Yeah. I feel like uh, I'm going to cough again. And could you oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. steer the ship for <laughs> I will. Uh, and Karen, are you going to? I know you can't answer me right now, but um, will you be able to pin the? Uh, is, is the list full now, Sarah? Are you taking on more narrators if there's any room virtually? Um, we aren't. We we uh, oh. closed registration last week just because we do have a <clears throat> we do have a booklet um that went with it so i had to get that sent out to everybody and and created and everything like that so i just wanted enough time so we we did close registration okay okay otherwise i would have said we would have pinned it and then people could maybe have you know found it yeah but um no we are the, the lucky we are the lucky ones <laughs> that's right well it's it's uh 
on the pin link is her site, Pink Flamingo Productions, and there is a link on it to the Flock Conference. Yeah. Um, can yeah. people, so Sarah, can people still buy just the video only and not get the benefit of the booklet, or is that kept as well? Um, I, I'm actually, I actually just had that email to this morning too from a couple people. So I'm planning on opening it back up for just the video access only. Oh, good. No, oh, good. Cause yeah. I, I think you'll get a lot of takers for that. Um, yeah. Especially when, on after it, when people are talking about how wonderful it was, and everybody's like, ah, I wanted to, I didn't know I wanted to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we're going to we're going to do it again as long as this one is successful. Hopefully fingers crossed. Um we'll do it again every year or twice a year or something. So oh, great. Cuz you obviously have copious spare time to plan these things. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yep. <laughs> wow. I never feel good if I'm sitting still. I like to keep keep adding things i guess i don't know which is probably what led you to becoming a distributor so tell me all about this this is a big exciting expansion of your business yeah um we'll see i i mean it's uh it's we just, yeah, I mean, we have a lot of authors that we work with on the production side, um, authors who just come and want to pay to get files, who ask how to distribute, and they don't really, <clears throat> they don't really want to go through ACX. So we just wanted to give them an extra option, basically. Well, I saw you do use ACX and find a way for some titles, and then you we do. also have distribution contracts with some places individually oh yes yeah for publishing yes yeah we do we do work with um acx we'd like to go with them first um exclusively through audible uh for the you know a little bit and then we do go wide with all of our titles well i guess i was thinking that the authors would make that publishing choice to start with and and but now I'm thinking about what you just said that they've already they already have their audio perhaps they recorded it elsewhere and that's they're wanting to just distribute so there is actually oh, yeah. two with things you're doing there yeah you mean with flock distribution right yeah yes yeah yep we we have that for any author that needs help with distribution and doesn't necessarily want to go um, through ACX or find a way. And you were one of the first people, if not the first person I knew, who had a really good welcome packet that you sent to authors to educate them. Are you finding that authors now are more savvy or are they still needing the hand-holding and education that that they had been reading that I, as far as I knew. Yeah, it, it just depends. I mean, some, some of them, you know, a lot of them are, they're old hats now, you know, they've, they've gotten quite a few books and audio already on their own. And, and so they don't necessarily need that handholding. Um, some of them have no clue still. <laughs> so yeah, we do, we do a lot of educating still. 
do you find that they are willing to listen to you as a narrator or is it because you have this production company that they're more interested in what you have to say? And I ask this kind of selfishly, I suppose, because I had written articles to try to help authors and I just really got the impression that, I mean, nobody said this to me exactly, but it was kind of like, well, you're a narrator. Why should I listen to you? You know, if I want your help, I'll ask for it. And and maybe that was several years ago and they've evolved and realized, you know, maybe we know about it and they should listen to us. I'm just wondering, yeah. you still get any of that sense of pushback or? I don't, but, um, but you're right. It might be because of the role that I'm in. Because I, I have a production company, so they assume I know what I'm talking about. I don't, But I don't feel like I got that pushback as a narrator either. So that's really odd that, that you have had that experience. Well, like I know I wrote an article for digital. I wrote several articles for Digital Book World before it was acquired by this other company. They used to have all these articles about publishing that was really a great, site and you could learn a lot and I wrote several articles there and the author's comments because people would share it in authors groups and I was seeing a lot of comments of like well I'll just read it myself I don't need a narrator to do it or and and kind of well who is she to tell me what to do she's not an author she's not a writer she doesn't know and so I kind of I've stepped back I thought you know if you don't want the help I won't give it to you right I mean, that's part of why I stopped doing consultations, too, because I I had a narrator once questioning everything I was telling him. And, like, if you don't want the help, I'm not going to give it. You know, why am I going to waste my time trying to pull you along? Yeah, I mean, I think think that there are just some people out there that feel that way, you know. I mean, I've come across them as well, so... (laughs) So I I wondered if that was happening with you, and I'm so pleased to hear that's not how things generally go with you. Yeah. I seem to remember, Sarah, maybe in your your earlier days, too, you've always been very good at managing people's expectations, right? Uh, Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but that could be part of it, Karen. And, And how, well, I can imagine how it all happened, but how do you do that? I mean, what do you kind of keep foremost in mind to tactfully manage other people's expectations? Um, well, it, that really ha- came about, you know, because I got into some situations that mm. were not great in the beginning. Um, but I just kind of lay it out. This is what this is what I'm doing, and you know, this is it. So there's not there's not really much wiggle room as far as what I'm offering. Um, and I think as long as people understand what the process is and how the process is going to go and how long it's going to take and what they can expect, um, then they're not thinking something different. You know, they're not thinking they're going to get this when you're not going to give them that. Right. Right, because they could micromanage you, you know, to a line reading for a whole book. Some of them. Oh, I've read. had people do that, yes. <laughs> you, you had them do it or you had them try to do it? Try to do it. Okay, thank you. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I'm pretty sure I can see you putting your foot down and 
that is not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and some, I have been very fortunate with the authors that I've worked with. I, I don't know how I've gotten so fortunate when I see horror stories from other narrators about the people that they're working with, but um, my authors have just been great and very cooperative. Well, I think it goes back to Anne's point of you're managing expectations, and, and a lot of that is with the welcome packet you give them and you just lay it all out for them. This is how it is. Yeah. Well, I have a question. I have what I call the pit stop hot seat. And okay. <laughs> so one of my favorite questions is, especially for people like you who are doing so many different things, if you went into the witness protection plan, what identity would you like to assume? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, oh, wow. I have no idea. <laughs> That's the most honest answer I've ever heard. <laughs> this, sounds like, this sounds like something for life goals. <laughs> it's like, hmm, I'll add another thing to the list. Great. <laughs> Well, another one I like, and let's let's see how you answer this, is what is your most trivial, useless, or flat-out counterproductive superpower? Oh, jeez. Um, <laughs> my tongue twirls like, like that. Oh, that's I, really good. <laughs> yeah, but it, it is super counterproductive because every time I say water, it does it water and you have to imagine how many times that word is in books <laughs> so i have to be like water <laughs> i love it well i am really enjoying this and i think the audience is being very quiet i want to encourage you all to uh, raise your hand in the app if you want to join the conversation or Type in the chat if you've got a question. He does. Jeannie Shenneman wanted to. Excellent. How do we get her up here? Oh, wait. Here we go. Here we are, Jeannie. Right. You're still there. Here she is. Hi, Jeannie. Hi. <laughs> that was an accident. <laughs> Um, oh, so I, oh. I, hi, Sarah. I, I'll, I'll just hi. say hi, but that was a complete accident. I didn't mean to push the hand raise. I'm just listening. So sorry about that. <laughs> well, don't be sorry. It's nice yeah. to hear your lovely voice. Nice to hear all of you as well. And I love Sarah. So I just wanted to pop in and just hang out with you all on my, on my booth break. Lovely. Well, we're glad you're you here. Thank you. I'll I'll quietly go back to the audience now. <laughs> well, you can go noisily. We we don't mind. <laughs> so, what's coming up for you, Sarah? You've got all these things that you've been doing. What is on tap for the rest of this year? Uh, mo more of the same, I guess. <laughs> My son started baseball. He got on the baseball team in high school. So, oh, good. We, yeah. So, I'm looking forward to, well, it's like every day. So, it's definitely thrown a wrench in my work schedule, but, um, but I'm excited for that. So, we, you know, other than that, just work and 
Yeah, more of the same. <laughs> so he, I think you said he's 14, so he doesn't drive? He's, he's 15. Oh, so 15. He's actually, yeah, he's actually got his permit now and he's starting to drive. So, but he's, but I do still have to take him back and forth, back and forth, back and forth every day. <laughs> no. I know it'll be uh, kind of a blessing and a terror at the same time when he can drive because then yeah. you won't be running mom's limousine, but then, oh my gosh, he's driving. <laughs> yes, yep. <laughs> and he's my baby, so it's definitely a little harder. <laughs> oh. How old's the other one? She is going to be 19 this oh. year. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I know. She doesn't. Do either one of them want to follow your footsteps into this business? No. I don't know what I'm going to do with it when I'm, like, ready to be done. <laughs> it doesn't sound like you'll ever be ready. To <laughs> I know. <laughs> you you keep thinking of great things to challenge yourself. Because I know you, you absorbed um, Joe Hempel's company. Yep. Firehouse, yeah. right? And yeah, then fire, and fireside, fireside, right, right. I knew I said it wrong. <laughs> and then I think also didn't you didn't you absorb Northern Lake Audio Northern as well? Lake. Yeah. Wow. Yep, we did. Um, so we we just so we had all genres, you know. And I didn't want to start from scratch because I don't know anything about those other genres. I've the majority of the my titles are romance, so. Well, you've also been doing mystery and sci-fi, though. Or maybe that's a later edition, but... Because uh, I know I saw some books from Podium for, with you, and, and I'm in sci-fi, and maybe... and But I know you've done some mysteries as well, so... Yeah, a little bit. Is your roster still open, Sarah? It's not... <clears throat> no, not at the moment. Mm. Yeah, we closed it for a little bit just because we have we have a lot of narrators. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And oh, I'm, I'm sure that somewhere along the line, there'll be even more genres that you get into because I don't think you can stop yourself. No. I know. <laughs> That's the hope. <laughs> good, good. Yeah, I'm trying to create something that will, you know, keep going even when, you know, I'm not working it and I'll be able to just pull money from it forever that's that's the hope of it <laughs> oh i think that's definitely going to happen yeah yeah probably yeah, sooner than you realize come. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and you i know go to author events and i guess yes. you you set up tables there or how yeah do yeah, you we set we buy we purchase tables um sometimes we have to be like in the vendor section Sometimes we can be in the actual signing with the authors. Either way, it's just a, a way for us to be out in front of them and talk to them one-on-one. -on -one. I think, you know, talking to them online is fine, but when you get face-to-face -face with them, you're a real person. We've always got our, you know, human voice only shirts on. So we're like trying to, you know, embed the anti-AI thing into their brain. Yeah, that's good work you do right there. <laughs> And it's just nice to be able to be, you know, in front of them and answering any questions they have and talking with them and being a real person that they feel like they can trust. And how do you choose which events you want to attend? And, and do you 
sometimes maybe just by a listing in the program and not a table? No, typically <laughs> we have just been going. Um, and uh, we typically try to find events that um, have a large amount of authors attending. Um, previously, before Fireside, it was all romance author events. And um, and this year, we're kind of a little bit pickier about it because we've been to all the a ton of events already. Um, and now we're trying to also bring in some events that have, you know, horror and sci-fi thriller authors, um, things like that. But but ultimately, we just go wherever we can and we determine if that signing was successful. And if it was, then we'll go back next year. If it wasn't, we won't go again. Um, and then I think this year we're going to 20 books. We went last year, 20 books to 50 K in Vegas. And that is a vendor event where the authors actually come to the table. So they come to speak to you, which is nice because, uh, usually it's us going to the author table, talking to them. So, uh, yeah, I wondered about that. How, like, when you do have a table, how much traffic you get at the table? Well, we get a lot of readers. So our our company is kind of twofold. So we're looking for our clients, of course, which would be authors. But we're also trying to sell the books that we publish. So it's nice to sit at the table and talk to the readers. We do giveaways. We do, um, we have all our Q, QC QR codes. QR, QR codes out there um, for some of the books that we've published recently for them to click on and purchase if they want. Um, we have our review team sign up if they're a reviewer, things like that. So we were able to kind of talk and chat with the readers and listeners as well. And then um, we'll walk around and, and talk to the authors also. Do you ever make appointments ahead of time with the authors Yes, yeah, we do do that as well, like consultation type things. But but is it you reaching out to them or them to you or both? Uh, we just put like a sign-up form in the group for that signing, and if they want to sign up for a consultation, they can do so at that point. Oh, and great idea. We, yeah, that way when we get there, we have a set time already that we're meeting with that person, or or sometimes it's a group. Um, so yeah, we definitely do that as well. Yeah, that, that's a really good idea. Cause I wondered, yeah. would you say, well, I'm going to be here and anybody want to talk to me? Do you post in the groups beforehand or is it just pretty much the sign up form post? No, we do post in the groups beforehand. We do audio giveaways and things like that as much as we can just to kind of have our name keep popping up like we're doing all this work we're doing all this work you should talk to us <laughs> yeah we we are the place for yeah. audiobooks <laughs> yes yes <laughs> well when i when i uh, listen to you talk with rich on the audiobook speakeasy you were telling him about making a sword and <laughs> And so that made me wonder, what's the most recent hobby you took up? Uh, gardening. Really? Yes. We the Ann took that up too. 
Yeah, we started a massive garden in our backyard. I mean, obviously we can't plant anything, but we've planted seeds inside, which was not a great idea. We're going to get a greenhouse for next year, but they're growing and they're thriving and I'm so excited. We're, we're thrilled about it. So yeah, gardening. <laughs> I thought, Anne, you would probably join in there because this has become a big hobby for you as well. Yeah, yeah, it did. And, and I had to be careful because it really did my thumb in. And I didn't realize that's a very popular point for arthritis is in your thumb because I went crazy with hedge clippers. I clipped everything in sight. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh, Lord. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, kind of got a repetitive strain injury out of that. So I had to temper my ambitions a little bit. But um, you live and learn. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My husband, he has we have we live out sort of in the country. So he has a big tractor. So oh. he just cleared out the land and then he went through and he he did all the hard work. I'm just going to plant <laughs> when it's done. <laughs> So we're putting a fence up and everything because we have deer and all sorts of animals over here. So they're probably going to eat it all. But oh, Yeah, watch those deer. And I, know. I think you can plant certain things, though, Sarah, that might deter them a little bit. There's things that that's they do not like. Yes. Yeah, that's what I've heard. So we're, we're looking into that. We have We don't know anything. So we're just watching YouTube videos a lot and trying to learn what we can. Right, right. And and I think on Amazon, too, there are little kind of wire oh, thingamabobs that you can put around trees that you're starting or some of your shrubs or whatever it might be. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. To kind of make a physical barrier. It's not very yeah. pretty, but it depends on, on the thing. Like we started a lemon tree, a Maya lemon tree. And oh, they, mm. went crazy. they went crazy for that. So we had to get a oh, little fancy thing. <laughs> Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like you, we, we're kind of new to it and figuring it out. But each each year builds on the next, you know, and yes. it is interesting. Are you, yeah, I'm excited. Are you planting flowers and fauna or fruits or both? Um, we're doing vegetables and we have, we started grapes and we have raspberry bushes and we're planting like a whole orchard on the other side of our property. So a lot wow. of things. God. We're hoping that they don't all die in the first year because then we'll be out a lot of money. Well, wow. Pink flamingo cider right now. I see it in life. Right. Pink flamingo cider. I, I mean, that's it. how to extend the brand. Right. <laughs> There's no end to it. Oh, and wine because you've got grapes. Good yeah, yeah, I was thinking yeah. that. And I love wine. So, I oh. mean, that's perfect for me. <laughs> well, you know, this just answers the question, where will you be next? I mean, you're here, there, everywhere, and now you'll be taking on the wine industry. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I hope I'm just where I am now next year. I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't have any... Um, plans to really do anything new or crazy that can always change but as of now I don't have any plans well before we 
part company today. What advice would you share with other people who want to expand their horizon beyond narration? Um, do it. I mean, the one of the biggest things for me with um, when it comes to business is to diversify and um, find multiple streams of income because especially in narration, it's hard. It, I mean, this is a hard um, business to make a career out of. So I just do it. Just get, you know, if you find a skill that you are really good at, something you know a lot about, something you can educate people on, and just go for it. Give it a shot. See how it goes. Learn as you go. You know, don't wait. Well, that sounds like terrific advice because I think so often we get these ideas and then we don't act on them or we talk ourselves out of them. And just like you were even saying earlier, you were thinking, well, who am I to do this? And, you know, maybe the question is, who am I to not do this? The world is waiting. Yep. Yeah, I think, yeah. And it's very easy to just say, you know, well, should I do this? Or I need a little bit more information or I need to do more research or whatever. And in reality, you just need to go just do the things. That's at least my opinion. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, obviously it's working. Where do you think that came from? Was it in your upbringing or it's just in you, something you saw? No clue. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess it's just me. I don't know. It can be to my detriment, though, because I will take on things and take on things and, oh, I have this idea. Let's do this. Let's do this. And my producers, Jeannie will tell you, she's one of our producers. I'll be like, this is our new idea. And they're just looking at me and I'm thinking, please don't hate me. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, between the business and then your active family life, you don't how do you make time for some downtime for just you for something you want to do? I've really had to um, make sure. Oh, I took the first two years and I really kind of went at it. Um, And now I'm really stepping back and I, I've set a specific time that I'm done every night. Um, I don't work on the weekends. I don't answer emails on the weekends unless it's absolutely an emergency. Um, I've set a real precedent with my authors and my narrators that I'll answer them anytime. (laughs) So they'll email me or message me at, you know, nine o'clock at night or 11 o'clock at night or two o'clock in the morning. Um, And so I've really had to uh, put my foot down and just not answer the email until I get back. And I put office hours on my email and everything like that, just to kind of say, help me out. Like this is when I'm done. (laughs) Mm Boundaries. I I think that's a great approach because I spent 33 years working in an office and you had a structure to that kind of work. And, you know, now working for myself, working at home, the tendency is to, well, I could do it. I'm available. Yeah. But but then it just, when you work at home, there's no separation between, especially when you are the business. There's no separation between work and home. And so you have to install those boundaries yourself because they're not they're not made for you by some artificial means of working in an office. Right. 
So I love that you yeah. say you take you take weekends off, um, because to me it's hard to break away from. It, it's hard to actually make myself walk away from it. And if you have yeah. some advice about that, I'd love to hear it. I mean, I'm in the same boat. I'll be. It'll be the weekend, and I'm sitting there just like doing nothing and thinking I should be working. I could be working right now. Um, and I really just have to force myself not to. And I think it's okay to work a little bit. I mean, if I, if, you know, if I want to get a little bit done for an hour or something, then that's fine. But, um, but you know, my, my word this year is boundaries and, Mm. um, yeah. And my husband, you know, is he's been telling me for two years, you know, let's, you work so much. Why are you working so much? Like he understands and he's super supportive, but you know, I, I really want to be present for them and, you know, just enjoy my life Mm -hmm. (laughs) because, uh, you know, I mean, what am I going to just work all the time? I don't know. I just, I have different priorities this year than I feel like I have in previous years. Yeah. You you can live to work or you can work to live. Yeah. And, And I, we're all saying we'd like to be in that second category of work to live. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And that seems like a good place to put a pin in it and get the show back on the road. And I just want to let everybody know the recording is going to be available on clubhouse later today. And in the near future, I'll put it and a transcript on narratorsroadmap.com. And I hope you'll all take another road trip with us in two weeks on March 29th. I'm driving solo that day because Anne has another engagement. And I think what I'm going to do is just have a narrator picnic where you bring your own topic and we'll talk about whatever you want. Anne, do you want to talk about next week's uh, Narrator Uplift show? Oh, you've got me on the spot now. (laughs) I can't even think straight. Oh, wait. Yes. Yes. Yes, the delightful Amanda Quaid, and she is um, a wonderful uh, accent and, and voice coach who lives in New York, and um, she's just a delight. So she's coming on the show next Thursday, and um, can't wait to hear what she's got to say. I know it'll be very helpful. Right, that's, so that's Thursday at 2, and that's in, right. in the Narrator Uplift Club on Clubhouse. Sarah, do you have any final words or anything you want to plug? Not really, no, but thank you so much for having me. This has been really great, and it's been wonderful talking to you both. Oh, you've been lovely. Thank you. You have, yes. Thank you so much, Sarah. This has been a delightful conversation, and I obviously want to thank my friend Anne for your excellent questions and support, and everybody in the audience for spending time with us today. So I hope you all find joy in every journey and live the life of your dreams. Have a great afternoon and take care.